But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-Wing. There has been a safety recall on power converters. Please contact your manufacturer. If you purchase a Slade and Corpo power converter in the last six months, we've had to ship back our entire stock. So in the meantime, hey, let's talk about some X-Wing. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. And I'm Alex Smith. And we will be flying without Greg Smith this week as he is off protecting the baby Grogu while mom finishes up her doctoral thesis. Busy family there. So uh, that's more exciting. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, more pretty, exciting yeah. than what most of us have been up to the last few weeks, which has been, uh, um, I fell off my porch. What have you guys been up to? I say it's it's been slow, X-Wing wise. Yeah. Um, I got a new car. That was exciting. Oh. For a bad reason, unfortunately. But yeah. I got a new car out of it. He does so. have a new car. It's cool. Nice, nice. Literally Alex, you nothing. didn't have to replace your car, just the... Uh, just the windshield and a taillight. Yeah, you guys had a uh, bit of... a rough a, couple of weeks, to be honest. Yeah, they did a targeted vandalism over a couple nights. Uh, yeah. But yeah, thankfully, that's all resolved. Man, Hopefully. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's been over a week, so yeah. knock on wood. A wretched hive of scum and villainy you two live in. It wasn't up until uh, about two weeks ago. <laughs> True, it's a very not wretched, not hive. <laughs> well, it has been a restful few weeks in, uh, on the X-Wing front. We haven't had any big tournaments going on since the Aces Championship. Next thing rising up, uh, the new Gold Squadron Flightcast series kicks off May 1st with the Mon Cala Extended Tournament. Uh, this will be the first time we see how the newer releases, including Defender Vader, will be affecting Extended, so we're a little hyped for that. I'm excited to... Well, you know, get it on Vader's gonna be. Yeah, I <laughs> it could be a very miserable opposite season. Of I am terrified of that of Vader, man. I'm not excited. I yeah, Vader's really strong, but I kind of get the feeling Vader lists are gonna be like the Nantex lists. You're not gonna see a lot of people bring them because a defender, despite the fact that they're a great ship, it's not easy mode to win. You've got to actually put some thought into it. Well, the problem, Matt, is you're coming from the perspective of a defender that doesn't have offense, and Vader does have offense. Yeah, that's the difference. Like this is like Vader is a 1.0 ship in second edition. Like that's the, he has the full simplest way to put it. And full defense mods every turn. Yeah, and like people are going to talk about how high ship counts will be what beat him, but people don't bring high ship counts even at the height of like swarms being good. The average ship count was still barely above four. And anything four or below, and I think Vader is going to be a nightmare to, de- to deal with. Agreed. Well, it's a good thing most of us aren't bringing four and below. I mean, we uh, have no idea what takes my first Yeah, game. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I said it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I just hope it happens to somebody else. I mean, there's a 90% chance that I'm going to bring Defender Vader to the first <laughs> thing. Uh, I mean, why not? He did it with Sunfock, too. Like, take the thing that's probably overpowered as hell and beat people. Yeah, I've never had, I've never had a problem running the Menaces. Indeed, you you have been quite a menace when it comes to that, but it it's weird, almost in a wholesome way, because you won two major tournaments with a Sunfock list, yet it wasn't an oppressive NPE for any of your opponents, really. Well, for true. any of your sportsman-like opponents. No, that's still not true. I've played against plenty, plenty of wholesome people who got very frustrated by that list. Really? 
Because I mean, yeah. I only guessed it a couple it's a times. Swarm though. with an ensnare sunfuck. It's a full swarm, not a mini swarm. Yeah, like <laughs> there were many people who looked at the list and well, I don't know how to approach this. This sucks. Yeah, I hated it. The one game I played against it. I well, I played a couple games against it, and I think we split a few because that's right. You were testing it out, and uh, you chose to joust with it. And it was a poor joust, but. Anyway, the idea of Defender Vader is going to be one of those problems that we'll have to see how it actually shows up. This will be the first tournament where we'll see it on the table, so uh, it's interesting. I mean, the boogeyman's out there. We all should know to expect it, so be interesting to see how it turns up. Uh, Doug, you've had some other X-Wing uh, news to, to break here. Yeah, I uh, signed up for the XTC championship series the european it's originally a european one but it's the x-wing team championship um they opened it up to everybody because it's on tts this year for you know obvious reasons and i think there's like something like 36 teams and uh marcel is the u.s team captain and he chose me he said he had a miserable time picking people because he had too many good options so uh feels pretty nice to get picked but indeed you know one of i believe was it seven players on the team uh, there's nine actually because we have two alternates. Oh, okay, exactly. Right, right. So you are going to be uh, maining the first order for Team USA, I believe. Yeah, which uh, honestly kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, uh, team championships are weird because it's not really about the meta, it's about picking lists that can counter pick well and things like that. With and in comparison to what other things you have on your team, but uh, first order just has the least options of like any faction in terms of viable archetypes. So there's a. I, I'm hoping they at least let me fly Kylo, and then I'll be okay. What else would there be? Like a Malorus swarm or something. Uh, yeah. Even something like the five Tie SFs, stuff like that. Like you have to have the. You have to have a good number of like the general all comer lists because somebody has to get the brunt of the force of being, you know, picked into. Yeah. Like, yes, you gotta have at least a couple of lists that can take any. Any list, so you can guard your counterpicks and stuff like that. Yeah, like the the good thing Marcel pointed out, which we haven't done a ton of discussion yet, but he pointed out that in any given pairing, you really want three winning wet matchups, two losing matchups, and two toss ups. And uh, all comers lists are going to be a toss up at best most of the time because you're you're picking that list specifically to be presented first for your opponent to counterpick into you, stuff like that. And uh, I mean, we'll see what happens, but. If I were the team captain, First Order would probably be the faction that I was like, okay, you just have to pick an all-comers list, because you don't have a lot of archetypes that are just super good against other stuff. Like, I mean, Kylo's amazing, but if you're talking about pure ace lists, there are factions that do pure aces better than First Order does, and I think there's that for pretty much every archetype. Well, uh, locally, you're kind of known as the Kylo player, so this didn't come as a surprise to any of us. Best of luck. And uh, when is the team challenge? Uh, uh, a while still. I believe it starts at the end of May, June, I want to say. Um, yeah, it's the beginning of June because uh, they have until the the organizers have decided that until May 15th, like once May 15th hits, uh, the points are locked in. So like even if there's a points change afterwards, everybody's prepping for the points up until May 15th. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Well, uh, in other X-Wing news, we do have, uh, for those of us who are here, and by the time this goes live, uh, we will actually be having some of us gather to play X-Wing in person for the first time in over a year. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking wait. forward to that. Yeah, I we, can't. uh, we've got our local league that's going to be kicking up, uh, at the end of the month. So some of us who've been vaccinated have done our 
bubbling up and uh, necessary, I don't know, ripening time. Uh, and we are safely getting together. Still going to be uh, masked and separated as much as uh, feasible, but getting to actually see each other, play some X-Wing, really looking forward to that. So by the time this goes live, we will have, uh, we'll be on our way to the game store and getting ready to throw down some ships. I had to... Surprise appearance from a former podcast guest. Oh, it's it's my father Bob. Hale. Oh, excellent! Because I was going to say, well, it's either Bob or Mark then, and I can't see Mark just making a midweek trip down there. Uh, yeah, no, my dad's uh, my dad's fully vaccinated, and he actually never got to see our new place when we moved in here pre-COVID right. by like two months. So he was like, "This is a good, yeah. good good opportunity to come visit." So excellent! All right, so we'll get to uh, hang out with Father Bob a bit. That's that's great. The coolest towel will finally be in town. Ain't that true? <laughs> well, uh, our league being, again, run by our good friend, friend of the podcast, Emmy Award-winning news producer Ryan Krauss, has uh, sent us in a question on Facebook through our social media. We asked you guys to shoot us some questions and comments for things we could address, and aptly so, Ryan had a great question. He asked us, what are some tips or things to look out for for a player returning to the game that hasn't played since the beginning of the pandemic? And that is kind of a big one. Not everybody translated over to Tabletop Simulator. Uh, there have been a lot of players who've had a year plus off and might be coming back. So let's uh, take a few minutes and kind of go over what is it that we think is important as you're coming back to X-Wing after this long, uh, long hiatus. Uh, Doug, what would be first on your list of things that someone needs to look out for? Uh, I don't know if this is a thing you should look out for, but like my first few games back on the table, I'm intentionally bringing low ship counts because uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to bump like crazy. Like my hands are going to not be, uh, it's not going to be as familiar as it used to be. So like I'll nudge ships a lot more than I mean to and things like that. Uh, and dealing with a high ship count just feels like it would make that problem even worse. Um, so, I mean, obviously, it's it's whatever you want to play, but uh, I would recommend bringing, like, three or four ships tops for your first game or two, at least. Good point. We've all lost that muscle memory, and we don't have the easy, automatic uh, positioning for bumps that Tabletop Simulator gives us. We have to remember how to actually handle partially executing a maneuver. And just, like, hitting ships with your hands, which is what I was going to say before Doug stole it, is, like, your first 10, 15, 20 games you're going to be bumping stuff like crazy. Um, you yeah, just have to accept that it's not going to be a clean game because nobody's played in a year. Which, uh, I mean, if you haven't played on TTS, it's probably not as big of a deal. But uh, for those of us that played a lot of TTS over the last year, it's probably going to be a little annoying to have to deal with like nudges and stuff like that. Like uh, TTS isn't as fun as in person, but there are definitely advantages to how clean the game is and how quick it is to do stuff. It's convenient like as heck, man. I've been able to fly swarms. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I mean, we're still dealing with TTS for for the the new Galaxies series, but I'm curious how the metal will shape up once it's back to in person. If they'll be swarms will be prominent, or if they'll go back to being very very small numbers. Indeed, uh, one of the things I brought up was especially if you haven't been keeping up to date on things in the last year, make sure you are up to date with points and format changes. Uh, the list that you had at this time last year might not be a uh, legal or viable list right now. So uh, one of my recommendations would be kind of look into some recent tournaments, watch some some games, see what the new things are out there. If you've had the chance to pick up the new stuff as the uh, 
past year has been going on great and if you've been keeping up super but if you've taken a year off it's a it's a different landscape than it was back then when covid hit we were waiting on what release was it uh Time is it was the, the the g class the lat and the third ship. the brute i think the brute, right yeah yeah because we started chanting lat back whenever we were still playing <laughs> that's right we we're also waiting for the lat and now that's a mainstay of a lot of lists so yeah things have changed I'm... One thing along those lines, I uh, I need to. I'm actually going to organize my X-wing stuff tonight for uh, in, in anticipation of playing. But I'm really curious what list or lists are in my tournament box because I have no idea. Oh, that's a, I'm interested point. if they'll still fit. That's a that's interesting. Like I don't remember what's in my tournament box. So I think uh, yeah, I... it's a Boba Fen something list, but I could be wrong. Oh man, what's the last? Is the last tournament we went to the Huskarl Store Champ? If so, I have double fires. Uh, I think we had a couple. Uh, we had at least one OG game night afterwards. Ky- yeah. Kylo Von Reg blackouts in mine because I played Newt that last night in our other league. And yep. The last one. Or, uh, or I'm wrong. Either way. Yeah. I had yeah. a. The last list I physically put on the table was a double fire spray list. Not Zango Jam. Django Zam, wow. I actually <laughs> like Zango Jam. <laughs> Zango Jam. But no, it was a, a Boba Koshka list. In fact, the one that uh, Greg beat me with at the Huskarl store champ, I decided I was going to take to the top four of our league, and I ran it into the teeth of a droid swarm. Hey, remember droid swarms? And you know, that didn't go well. But yeah, having to open up my box and go, why, why do I have two fire sprays in here? Oh, right. That was a year ago. This segues me to a different point. Mm-hmm. Um, fire sprays have always been a menace in 2.0. They've never gone away. That's my point. Yeah, I mean you're you're, you're pretty true. Like they okay. they have they've been absent from specific metas every once in a while. Like uh, the most recent hyperspace meta didn't really have fire spray. Well, I guess it had Jenko's hand. Never mind. Yeah, um, I think <laughs> right, that's the meta before Boba Koshka. Boba Koshka. Where, in, in between, uh, the it was Hans it was right Boba. after Boba got nerfed the first time. Yeah, yeah he kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm. But yeah, fire spray. Definitely been a way more successful ship in second edition than they were in first in terms of meta presence. Mm-hmm. One other thing, uh, this again probably applies more to if you played a lot of TTS, but uh, make sure you have all of the components for lists. I was right. just going to say Brian that I had Davis to look around and go out. No, this is more of a. So I was thinking of. Uh, I mean, this is a very small thing because nothing is decided. But one of the lists I was considering for XTC used a lot of copies of automated targeting priority. And uh, I was like, I guess I could bring that to, you know, the game night just to test it out in person. And then I was like, oh, wait, I don't own nearly enough copies of that. I only own one G. And like, that's just something I've had to consider for a year because you just you don't need components for TTS. Right. I was looking at that. and I was just building lists and seeing that little thing pop up in Yasby. Your collection is not sufficient to build this list. I was like, wait, what? But I have that many Hawks. Wait, how many cards do I actually? I only have three cards? What? So it's kind of looking back and thinking of that. I mean, I picked up the Phoenix Cell Pack, so I have two Thread Tracers, and really that's all I need from the new releases. So that's, you know, good for most of my list. But at the same time, I was like, oh, I might want to fly five A-Wings. Do I own five A-Wing models? Spoiler alert, I do. So, that's probably not a huge deal for a casual night, but uh, but it is just, just something to keep in mind, especially if you've been playing a lot of, of online TTS or TTS or Vassal or whatever, that uh, components are a thing again. Yeah, I think uh, for those of us getting back to casual nights, 
Uh, I don't think most of our opponents would argue with us proxying cards while we're reconstructing our uh, collections. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, it was... Uh, I was putting my stuff together and going, hmm, extra room in my box. I kept trying to think. I'm like, no, I've got my cards. I've got a token box. I've got all my... Bases! I need ship bases! <laughs> and I had to look around and try to figure out where I put my ship bases. <laughs> That's solid. <laughs> so that would have been a wonderful thing to show up to the store and be like, and, uh, oh, right. <laughs> Can I buy a couple of 1.0 core sets for the bases? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I just speak one more point to make here uh, as well. My, uh, my brother and his, uh, his son just got uh, X-Wing. They bought the first edition, unfortunately, but uh, we're going to help him convert with stuff he needs. But so there's, there are, well, I guess they're not house technically, but there, there are more X-Wing players in my family. Excellent. What were you going to say, Alex? I was on this topic as well. Um, remember, it's a game, and we're here to have fun. We haven't gotten to play in person for a year, and we should just be excited to be out there. Let's leave the salt at home, except for me and Doug, but we can't. But in casual games, that's true. That's yeah. because we've already both of us have already accepted losing every tournament game we play against each other. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, just like it's a game, we're there to have fun, and uh, let's try to keep it that way at least until we're back into tournament swing. Good call, good call. I'm bringing Bosk. <laughs> uh, oh, just just Bosk? No, no extra whiteies in there. I've got that like. Bosk and a drink, baby. No back. upgrades even. <laughs> I I also have a Z95 shoved to the back as well. Ah, that counts as a second docked ship. docked with the hounds. Yeah, that counts me. That counts me a second ship. I'm legally able to play just Bosk now. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I kind of think of it, Alex. We've joked that. Doug's well known as being the first order player, and you are probably the biggest Bosque fan locally. How many YV six 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 models do you actually own? Just two. Just one two? I painted and one new and button new in boxes, correct? But one with the base paint job and one I painted. Okay. All right. I mean, there's not a huge need for a third YV. And Doug and I have lived together the entire most of the time. I played X Wing. It's we share models and stuff all the time. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you if you want to, uh, just for everybody's. Uh, edification before the during the work day today we were throwing out some lists and uh realizing that you can fit bosk two trandoshan slavers and a kirox in a list and it fits perfectly like what said, why not take three and a half yvs sure uh that's that's a list that if you really want to joust your opponent doesn't get a choice um that actually reminded me talking about sharing models is um if you're coming back to casual night and you don't have all the models um ask your people if you can borrow them at least if you're in the store together kind of thing if you want to try new stuff i, I don't have any problem lending my ships out yeah that's one of the things uh i've been some things that i've flown only on tts i have not had the chance to actually pick up and fly an ada in person yet and i haven't decided whether i like him or not but i kind of feel honor bound to pick one up so because <laughs> the hyperspace ring looks so cool I'm going to end up getting one of every ship at this point. I'm also like two ways behind. I have the new scum pack, and the last thing I bought before that was the lat. Yeah, I, really I, didn't, even, I, I didn't even get anything from that wave. Yeah, I have random things missing from them. I've been, I slowly accumulated stuff, but this also brings up another thing I was going to say. Uh, when you go to play X Wing in person again, don't forget to support the store that you're playing at because uh, there's no way they've had an easy time during the last year as a game shop, and uh, I'm sure they would greatly appreciate any support you can give them. 100%. Uh, you know, like I said, we uh we've all been lucky here to get almost our entire local group getting vaccinated, getting ready to start coming out in person. 
and doing things again for some people actually getting hyped to travel maybe even just from topeka or lawrence out here but that's uh something and yeah gosh i know we said it a lot but i miss road trips so much i was looking i was looking through my uh my photos from the las vegas open today and just going man it's been that long since i've seen people you know that the people we don't see every week at game night you know you're used to hey, I get to go travel and see the Omaha crowd or the Chicago crowd or folks like that. There are people that I've only got to see and know through those traveling X-Wing events that not having Adepticon, not having Crossroads, that's really hurt this past year. I can't wait to get those back on track. Sam, I'm definitely going to travel as soon as it's a viable option to a tournament. Like, Gold Squadron is doing a vaccine open at some point. One would assume, yeah. I, I I thought they scheduled it. I just couldn't remember what it was. Eon's got a new uh, X-wing room. Say <laughs> so my oh. my travel this year is going to be hampered because my brother's getting married in October, so I'm gonna have to burn a lot of vacation time for that. But we do know that we're not supposed to be having a worlds this year, so you won't have to miss worlds for your brother's wedding. Yay! I <laughs> wouldn't have skipped his wedding, but man, would have been close. <laughs> he doesn't listen. Wouldn't have been happy about so it. That's fine. <laughs> I might have been happy, but like also very upset. Very true, very but true. But that open bar, and I'm fine. Uh, one other thing with, in addition to familiarizing yourself with uh, new points, new format changes, uh, be prepared to be surprised by some of these new pilots. The squadron packs have only been out for a couple weeks now, and some of us got to play in the Aces Championship where we saw a lot of the new stuff, but we're going to be seeing some new wildcard lists out there on the table with some of the new stuff because everybody likes playing with new things. And for most of us, everything's going to be new. So I think we're going to see some, at least locally, some really rogue lists out there. And I'm really, really hyped for that. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's going to be a Wild West. Like, It's going to be really weird even having played on TTS for the year, just seeing ships that I've never physically seen on the table, even if I'm mm-hmm. against them. Like something like an ADA or a, or a V-Wing, you know, that's what it's I was like. in the last. store. Yeah. I was in the store the other day when I picked up my uh, Phoenix cell kit and I actually looked at the ADA in the packaging and went, that is the tiniest ship ever. It's so small, man. It's cool. <laughs> I thought I was going to be losing my, you know, resistance transport pods, but man, it's a good thing. I'm fastidious about keeping my ships in cases because I would lose those minis so much. Yeah, but it's yeah, so crazy how small they're. That and tri fighters are both so tiny. Tri fighters are teeny tiny. I haven't taken a look at those yet because I still have yet to dip my toe into purchasing separatists. But that day will come. I get to fly new Canaan, like the new Hawk paint job, so that'll be exciting. Oh, that's right. I got to pick those up as well. That's man, so so much good stuff. I mean, we've been saying for a year that the lights at the end of the tunnel will. We're we're walking into the light this week, and we'll tell you how it is. There's a chance it's the final light, and we're all dead. Like a small chance, probably. Like a meteor would be required, but... You're just a ray of sunshine. Somebody else talk. Technically, he's he's correct. I am correct. It could be the final light. (laughs) All right, so we're cutting that joke because it didn't didn't work at all. (laughs) But on that note, uh, again, thank you, Ryan, for putting on our local league, and I hope we've answered your question. Uh, We look forward to seeing you across the table. Most of us uh, 
In fact, most of our group last saw each other at Ryan's wedding. So True. this will be I forgot, a, it hadn't been a whole year since we'd seen each other because of Ryan's wedding. Yeah. So yeah. that'll be a, a a good time again. Well, one of the other things that came in that we were asking for community input was one of our listeners, Jeremy Blakely, posted us a list and posited the question, is Bodie Rook any good in 2.0? And this kind of caught a lot of us by surprise because uh, we haven't seen U-Wings a lot recently. And even in the heyday where they were popular in 2.0, it was a lot of Cassian, some generics, some people were running some uh, Heftaber tricks. But Bodie Rook's one of those pilots I can't ever recall seeing in a list at any tournament. So uh, let's go over the list that Jeremy presented to us. Now, just a quick thing. Uh, Bodie Rook's ability is that when a friendly ship acquires a target lock, it can lock a ship. It can lock within range to one to three of any other ship. So basically, all of your ships make a gigantic bubble that you can lock in. Everything's a dank droid for you. So That's the dank. list... Yeah, the list he put together was Bodhi Rook in the U-Wing with Leia Crew and Pivot Wing, a Phoenix Squadron A-Wing with cluster missiles, and four Bandit Squadron Z-95s with cluster missiles coming in at 191 points. So it seems to be that, as he explained it, the idea for this list is kind of like an Ace Hunter list. You rocket the A-Wing out there, you let that A-Wing be your initial target lock, point of origin, and then everybody else on the next turn comes in and focuses, and theoretically you're getting double modded shots, ideally multiple ones with cluster missiles. It's not a bad idea. When you've got a concept like this, this is a great first step towards building a list to work on that concept. So what are our thoughts on this list as Jeremy's built it? Uh, Doug? Um, to be honest, I don't like it. <laughs> um, so the idea behind Bodhi to, to start with, um, I understand where he's coming from. Uh, I think Bodhi's biggest problem is actually that he's I-4. Uh, so if you look at this list, he has, what, one, two, three, four, five I-1 ships and Bodhi at I-4. And normally higher initiative is a good thing, but specifically with Bodhi's ability, you want him to move into range first so that everybody else can slow roll and pick up locks from out of range. No, Bodhi lets you, uh, lets you uh, ping off anybody, not just him. There's oh, a okay. difference between I the crew and the pilot. Yeah. So, yeah, Bodhi crew means that ship is your dank droid. Yeah, okay. Um, that's better, but I still feel like it doesn't synergize super well with this list. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm struggling to find a scenario where you have one ship move into range so everyone else can pick up target locks, but then the rest of your I-1s aren't in range. And that was like something that you engineered in a way that benefited you, if that makes sense. Like, because mm -hmm. they're all moving at I one. Like, so let's say the A wing shoots ahead and gets close enough so that all the Zs can one forward and pick up locks. Um, but then your A wing probably just gets blown up because it's way too far ahead. That's yeah, definitely a concern, and one of the same concerns I had with it. Uh... It seems a lot... Now, I love the idea of setting up double-modded shots for everybody. That's the basis of my 4X2Z list with the thread tracers, using the Zs to carry those. However, you got to really look at a concept here, because just like you said, if that A-Wing is out there in front, acting as your forward observer, so to speak, that's your little tiny A-Wing is now... And I 
you know, theoretically, even he's taken the lock that turn. And that's a mistake because then you are most likely in the thick of multiple enemy ships shooting at you. In addition, Doug, you pointed out the initiative, the fact that your missile carrier here are all initiative one. It's really easy to negate cluster missiles on low initiative ships, because if you've got higher initiative ships, you just spread out beyond that range too, and cluster missiles just became a three-die attack. Still, not bad, (laughs) but at the same time, uh, the idea that that double tap with them is easy to negate. One thing I want to point out is that there's somewhere between seven to nine wasted points in the bid. Yeah, that's that's the other the other big thing I have is um, I actually think this list gets a lot better if you just spend eight of those points to give all the Z's concussion missiles instead of cluster missiles. Because uh, it's two more points for each of them, and there's four, right? One, two, three, four. Yeah. Because um, now you're, you're essentially what you're saying is as long as I have the target lock, I'm throwing three dice at every range band. And range three, I'm even denying your your bonus die. Um, right, because cluster missiles were only range one to two. I'd forgotten yeah. about that. Yeah, like, that's honestly my biggest problem with cluster missiles is that they're range one to two. Um, and I know the bonus attack is appealing in theory, but most of the time it's an unmodified attack, and I just don't think it's it's worth losing that range three band. And it's a lot um, harder to pull off than you think, too. Like Yeah. Um, the other thing is this is, I mean, a six-ship list isn't a small ship count, but uh, bandits are not tanky ships. Like, they're it's pretty easy for one to get one shot, like uh, against a, a fully modified shot, things like that. Um, so your your six ship list is actually deceptively easy to PS kill and and burn down. Um, I think what I if if you like the concept of alpha striking bandits, which I don't think is necessarily bad. Uh, unfortunately, I think you have to drop the U wing and just bring more ships. Um, for example, something that kind of follows the same theory here and actually still used cluster missiles just to keep with his theme. Uh, you can do eight bandits, two with tracers, two with ions, four with clusters, and that's 200 points exactly. That kind of sounds a little bit like a munitions version of uh, Alex's seven sick list, just oh, less survivable. You get eight bandits, though. Eight ship, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, all your ships are a little easier to kill because of the lower agility, and you run into that target lock issue. But yeah, that's that's eight bodies out there that are hitting pretty hard. Um, and now, obviously, Leia has a lot of benefits. Um, I think the other thing you could look at is the Phoenix kind of feels just out of place in this list. Um, I was actually thinking, what if we find a way to make the Phoenix pilot Jake? I think you've got the points for it. That with points, yeah. Um, well, yeah, or I'm... even Wedger Sabine now in these these new uncertain times. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I'm curious what his thought process was on the the nine point bid, just because with uh, with five ones and a four, I really, I really don't feel like there's any need. There's like I think you should just build to two hundred. Yeah. Maybe take a one point bid to get to choose to block other ones, but that is the as far as I would consider bidding with a list of mostly one. Yeah. Um. In general, whenever I look at lists like this, I think if the list naturally comes to one ninety nine, you don't have to find a point to fill. But I generally don't drop stuff for Indeed. a bid. Agreed. Agreed. Right. So all in all, uh, again, like I said, I like the concept. It seems like it'd be a fun kitchen table list, I think. And from experience, U-Wings often, one of the reasons we don't see them a lot is because they get chewed up in actual practice. Uh, On paper, U-Wings are one of the most efficient ships in the game for points. However, 
the dial is lacking. They are a medium base, so it's you know hard to not get shot. You don't have any repositioning options. You're effectively a slightly beefier B-wing, but bigger and without the you know nimbleness. Well, the thing the thing about the wing, it's not trying to be a B-wing or have right. repositions. It's a support ship that's also a gunship. Yeah, uh, I think I I don't. I don't think you can say U-Wings are bad. I think they are definitely usable U-Wings. Yeah, I'm actually kind of curious why they fell out of the meta. Uh, like, four U-Wings was actually a pretty popular list leading up to before quarantine. Like, yeah. maybe maybe it was a meta or two beforehand. But, like, there were there were definitely multiple U-Wing lists that were that were taking off in popularity. Yeah, the uh, was Ka- really big. there was one that was uh, Cassian, Hef, and two generics. You had Leia in there. Uh, intimidation on Hef. The idea was to just jam up an area and you know unleash hell. One of the things that I think that I kept getting in the trap for is a lot of players will see that three, that red three, and think this is an offensive jousting ship that I need to get in the fray. And U wings are not best suited in that role. Uh, three dice is nice because you want them taking range three shots as much as possible. You want to keep them out of the fray unless you're Heftober or if, unless you're running uh, some things that definitely require you to be close in. You said it exactly right. There's support ships and... There's support gunships, though. I, yeah. I I do not necessarily agree that they should try to spend all their time at range three and not be in the fight. They have a 90 or 180 degree rotate on demand. Like That's true, that's but doing insane. so reduces their agility when they do that. The reason that I say, I say they tend to you know, be best at range three is because of that dial, you kind of want to take, unless you are willing to be stressed and doing turnaround tricks, or if you've got Leia and can do the turnaround tricks, I think that you want to be able to kind of keep a U-wing on the periphery aimed in. See, so I that... actually completely disagree. Really? I th- yeah, I think U-wings are best in the middle of everything. They're, where they're the utilizing. <laughs> yeah, they're they're utilizing that that larger base to block up lanes and create havoc, and going, I'm going to stop and stay in place, and I'm not going to get in action, but neither are you, because you can't get past me. And you, you do lose the agility while the, the pivot wings are opened or closed, or whichever one it is. Uh, sure. But that's still the same taking this as a B-wing, and a B-wing isn't easy to kill. And then while you have the second agility, you're actually one of the tankiest ships in Rebels. Okay, so there's something. I'm just thinking that, you know, when I, I played Rebel Beef for a good long time, as long as it was legal, and I found that the games I lost were when I tried to get too aggressive with Cassian and get in the middle of things. Cassian was a different story. Yeah, Cassian is a little different. the whole list revolved around Cassian there. Yeah, like Cassian was single-handedly engineering how Braylon worked, for yeah, example. like Cassian was made that list, what made that list work. So that, I 100% agree in the case of the old Rebel Beef. Well, that actually leads us really well into a good follow-on question, Jeremy. One, one last thing. Um, I do have a very similar list for Jeremy that also uses six ships. It's instead of Bodhi, you're taking a Partisan Renegade with Leia, so it's the I-1 Ewing, and then you have two Bandits with Tracers and three Phoenixes with Concussion Missiles. And so you actually have a lot of this, the same type of damage output and how you're engaging. Uh, but all of your ships are I-1, which actually helps... Uh, in terms of moving them around and everything, you get to keep Leia in it. You bump, you go from cluster missiles to concussion missiles, and now you have three A wings instead of one, which actually makes the list a lot harder to kill. What's that come out to points wise? Two hundred. Okay, because I was going to say an interesting thing out there with uh, uh, some U wings 
especially when you've got uh, the uh, vectored cannons is something that I thought of. That oh, on the A wings, yeah. on the A wings, yeah. Uh, if you're running Cassian, for example, because Cassian happens during the activation phase, you can stress them to get that boost or rotate, and then just remove it. So you've got a free option there. Uh, there are some options. Specifically, what uh, another thing Jeremy asked was, what are our thoughts about the U wing right now? Specifically, the pilots that aren't the generics or Cassian. So our I didn't want to lesser... say about Bodhi. Yeah. Sorry. Um, um, Bodhi's ability looks really cool and actually is a really strong ability in a vacuum. The problem is there are other ships that either do the same thing for less or do more ships or upgrades, mm -hmm. like the tracer missiles. That's a two-point Bodhi rook if it hits. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think Bodhi is bad. Um, you pay a lot for him, and uh, I just think there's other stuff that does Bodhi's job better. Bodhi is amazing and epic. I would True. bet. Oh, God, most likely, yeah. So uh, he had asked about the lesser-played X-Wings, what ones other than Bodhi Rook uh, do we see? Now, that means the pilots that we rarely see on there uh, have made some appearances. Uh, Benthic Two Tubes, of course, with his brother. We saw the Tubes synergy going on there. K2SO, since the Hot Shots pack was released, I don't know anybody who's played K2SO. Which okay, I think is a mistake, to be yeah. honest. Magva saw some play early on, and Saw saw some play early on. Uh, Greg actually put together a list uh, using some U-Wings, and I really kind of like it. It's uh, So what Greg put together was K2SO with Selfless and Leia, Benthic Two-Tubes with Perceptive Copilot and Jin Erso, Hera in the A-Wing, and then Kyle Katarn with the Moldy Crow title. The idea here being that you can not only pass damage with Selfless to K2SO, who is, you know, I don't know if you'd want to put the uh, talent anywhere else because, you know, he's, he's your beefy boy here. But the idea of being able to pass around those focus tokens to Hera via Benthic and Kyle's ability, Hera can chuck them around, make them evades because you have Jin Erso. That's a really neat token passing gimmick list that doesn't sacrifice hard punching. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't like Benthic. I know Greg loves Benthic, but I... Greg's a big fan of tubes. Yeah, so the problem with Benthic is you either have to treat his ability like it's a... Essentially, your coordinate is white if you took the focus action, in which case it's not awful, but I've never seen anybody play Benthic without Perceptive Copilot. And well, because Perceptive Copilot, so... Yeah, he does or doesn't. He does. Okay, so the, my problem there is that you're now paying 54 for that ship? 56 with Jin, yes. Yeah, like, that's a, so that's a money. very expensive I2U wing, when instead I could bring a Blue Squadron Scout that's the same initiative for 43 points. Yeah, I think the going with the idea of Hera and Jin Urso in a list, when you have focus passing, be it via Garvin or Benthic, or Kyle, that's... Uh, I, I cannot hype the defensive utility of that enough. Hera's ability is so good right now. Uh, that's going to have you look I at I honestly it, think but... it's kind of bonkers that it doesn't have a timing window. Yeah. I yeah. really think it should happen at a specific time. I don't know what that time is. I don't really care what. But... Yeah, I mean, having played against Hera, while it's really strong, I... I don't actually feel like she's that overpowered. She's she's really flexible, but she's still a single action A-wing, and like a lot of times she needs that token for herself. Um, she's 
It's really good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but and maybe in a list like this, that's just it's engineered to pass tokens around. She gets even stronger. Um, I don't know. I think it's an interesting list, and uh, I'd love to play against it and see how it is. But I would make Ben think something else if it were me. <laughs> um, on the subject of the Ewings, that Why does he have generic? so many tubes, man? He only needs one. True. He's how he's hoarding tubes. Um, on the the subject of viable Ewings that aren't the generics or Cassian, um, wanting like hoping that all of the pilots in a ship be viable is a fruitless goal. Like it's never going to happen for any ship at least for any kind of period of time. Um, I do think there are playable ships in there. Um, like Saw. I really liked Magva way back in the beginning of 2.0 before we knew what we were doing. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think there's usable ships in there, but I think as far as competitively viable goes, like it's going to be hard-pressed to have something that outshines the generics or Cassian. Yeah. Um, and AMG could change this, but one thing FFG kind of seemed to do was if they had usable pilots in like for, for a chassis for example ewings generics and cassian they tended to not really worry about the other ones whether they were overcosted or not and amg could bring these down but like magva is seven more than a generics ewing saw is nine more than a generic ewing uh even k2 is still three more and has the calculate only has calculated his action instead of focus like uh i feel like a a lot of the problem with these ewing pilots is they're just a little too expensive yeah, and AMG FFG has not shied away from reducing the cost of named pilots, even down to generic pilot levels, like we've seen with the quad jumper. Uh, while I don't think we're going to see that happen across the board, it would not surprise me to see, you know, K2SO, Bodhi, Magva even drop down by two or three points, making them, you know, close to that 43, 44 point range that we see the generics and Hef at. Uh, one of the things that the U-Wing strikes me as that kind of just ugh, hits me about the chassis is that it doesn't have a generic pilot with a talent, like the Red Squadron veteran. I mean, most medium-based ships don't. Yeah, well, that, like, yeah that's the medium-based that thing. It has two generics in general. Yeah, the, and the thing about Rebels with generics with talents is they have selfless. and, and That's exactly my point. I was yeah, like, like you, the Ewing is just such a perfect selfless carrier that it, it would get really scary if they had a, a talent. Yeah. If you gave me a 48-point generic Ewing with a talent, I'd slap selfless on that and run four of them until the cows come home. But, yeah, exactly. There's a reason why they don't do that, especially in Rebels. Which kind of makes a little sense thematically that you're the... A-Wings get the talents because A-Wings have to be flown by special aces, and Red Squadron veterans are veterans, same with the uh, Blade Squadron veterans, they've been around a while, but there are a lot of generics that just, you don't see the multiple generics with talents like you do with TIE Fighters and whatnot. Uh, I think another big thing is, in 1st Edition, pretty much every ship had a low generic and then high generic with a talent. And mm -hmm. in second edition, they moved away from that with a lot of ships. Like there, there are plenty of ships that only have low initiative generics. They don't have that, that veteran generic, so to speak. True. Yeah. So what kind of list would you see U wings fitting into in the current meta with rebels? Uh, not just, you know, the casting to clear stress tricks, but where would you put ships like Magva or saw these days? Like competitively, I would leave them on the shelf. Like... Yeah, I mean, Saw has some goofy stuff now with concussion bombs, where like... you can 
you can do a damage to everybody to start off with, so they're just immediately triggering Saw's ability. Um, I, I can't remember. I saw a list with Saw that looked looked kind of cute. I think it was a Wolf Waro's yeah, Saw. It was. And then Y Wing with yeah bombs. And like I don't know if that's amazing, but it sounds fun to play against. Like a, a Wolf Waru that's immediately throwing an extra die and has uh, a free reroll built in is uh, is kind of a menace. Wait, so the idea being you bomb yourself to give yourself the damage card. And then reload immediately. Meaning that you're damaged. Oh, God. (laughs) That's gross. That's gross, and I don't like it. Yeah, and like I don't know that it's great, because you're starting all of your ships with one less hole than they start with. But but there's some upside to it, like especially with people like Wolfaru that get a benefit from being damaged. Okay, there's that. Uh, Magva, you brought up. Alex actually makes me think with thread tracers and disciplined being out there, the idea of potentially lots of target locks might Magva be a a good answer to some of that. She's so expensive though, like she is an answer, an answer, but not the best one. Yeah, like you gotta consider the rest of the field as well. And, and I think the reason she dropped off a lot is that she's frustrating to play against, but not actually yeah, that her impactful. Ma- her math is not amazing. Yeah, like, uh, there are plenty of times on shots where you don't need to reroll more than one die. Yeah, and even if you do, it's the same as having Predator. Like, it sucks that you didn't get to reroll your dice, but that's probably not going to lose you the game. Yeah, and so where Magva gets really strong is if you're in a meta, like, so Magva would have been significantly stronger in, like, the Jedi meta, where everybody is throwing fully modified dice all the time. So anything to mitigate those fully modified dice is useful. Um, but like in a swarm meta, she's actually borderline a waste of points. Yeah. You just focus her down when you can't lock. And then after that, you can lock in like a seven, eight ship list meta. And like to, to take Smittle's six swarm, for example, if there's a mag, he's up against a magva, he's still going to fire that tracer and go, okay, I only have seven rerolls now instead of 14 you know, to 30, Like, <laughs> Exactly, like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that every time, and that was kind of what I found when I played Magma at the very beginning of 1.0 or 2.0 is like she was not as effective as I thought she would be. Um, well, we're 45 or 46 instead of 50, then maybe that's a different story, because you're not paying a premium for her ability. Like you're you're still bringing her because she's a U-wing, and then she has an ability that's only a couple of points. Okay, fair, fair. I just think the type of lists that Ewings lend themselves to, like the beef lists, are not what's going to be strong with Rebels coming up. Um, we've got all these new A-Wings that I think they should really lean on, and I'm not sure like a 2B-Wing, U-Wing, X-Wing list is going to fare very well in the current meta anyway. Fair as well in squadrons. To be fair, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, someone's just hitting me. Isn't there something else that has a similar ability to Magvas that came out recently, something that... Tierfon Belly Run. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Tierfon Belly Run, uh, where if you're sitting on an asteroid, they can't re-roll dice? Is that what it... Correct, yeah. Okay, so... Hmm. Which, I mean, the problem there is that's only on Y-Wings, and you have to be on an obstacle. Yeah. That's all <laughs> Also not a great card. <laughs> yeah, but only one point instead of, like, Magma's ability is essentially, I'd say we call it, like, six points over generic. Yeah. That's... For the initiative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so... I, I that's her problem. She's just a little too expensive. And I think that's the same problem with Bodhi and probably Saw and... The tubes. The tubes, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I think 
just a little too expensive right now. That's and true. like it's just in it's I just don't think it's a good meta for that kind of ship right now anyway. Um there'll be a time where they come back. And uh if points are adjusted on those middling pilots, there's a decent chance they'll become viable. Yeah. But I just don't think they are right now. Now, other than so the U Wing hasn't been released as a 2.0 standalone yet, has it? Uh, it was the Saws running. Well, Saws out. came out with right. the first and second edition stuff. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, that's one of the things because I remember yeah, U Wing used to be a hyperspace staple until they realigned it. So, that's probably also one of the reasons why it's dropped off when it's not one of the only options you have. When, when when you're looking at ships that are in hyperspace and they're the only options you have, people tend to look a little bit more kindly on them because you have to if you want to play in that faction. But now that it's limited to extended only, it's kind of gone the way of the Mist Hunter in the, well, if uh, if you have a specific gimmick that uses it, maybe? But, you know, so... It was extended only. Yeah, it's, it's one of those ships, and we were talking about this also... I've really, over the last couple of years, come to love the U-Wing just visually and thematically as a it's, ship. Aesthetically, it's my favorite Star Wars ship. Yeah, it, it comes in a close second to the Kirax for me. But that question was asked, if you had to fly a, a ship in Star Wars, what would it be? And I have to think it would probably be the U-Wing because uh, not only is it really fun in squadrons, but it's just, it it's unique. It's new to the, the new movies. You know, Rogue One, I'm counting among those, without breaking the Star Wars kind of design aesthetic, the way that some of the prequel ships like the uh, Belbalab and the N1 kind of varied from the standard Star Wars design. Definitely um, has a very Star Wars feel to it. Right. You know, you've got that panels and recessed areas and geebers and doodads all over it. And the the sliding wings make it really that that's just such a Star Warsy thing that I think it's one of my favorite new additions to Star Wars when it comes to ships. And I wish it were at a place where it was a stronger ship in the game right now. I mean, ships come and go. Like, mm -hmm. they've had their time, and they'll come back. Indeed. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I really think the Ewing is still in a, a perfectly good spot. Yeah, name, you know, generics definitely name pilots go struggle a little more, but hey, you know that's, just, that's how it goes with that style of ship, though, too. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, no one's clamoring for Zuckus lists right now, but who knows? Something might come out, and Zuckus might be great. It all just depends on what's the what's the circumstances of the moment, so to speak. Well. Yeah, with that in there, uh, we've talked about U-Wings, we've talked about upcoming tournaments, we've talked about, you know, getting ready to get back into X-Wing. Uh, gosh, we've got the whole Flight Club Championship Series ahead of us. You've got, Doug, you've got the team challenges coming up this summer. There's a, we've really rounded that corner for X-Wing, I think. I think we are... Uh, while we're in a no new, this is the first time when we've had a wave released without any news about the next wave. So, don't know what panic, our timing is going to be like for panic. that. <laughs> there are people that are kind of hitting that weird cabin fever stage, but you know, did that happen ever in uh, first edition where we had a wave come out and no notice of a next one? Uh, so there, I uh. 
I don't know. That was so long ago. It was a long time ago. There was a really big gap between Wave 8 and Wave 9. There was. I know that. Let's see. I was playing then because I started playing around Wave 8-ish. Eight was so Wave the, Eight came out in in eight was the early the spring. Jump Master and the yeah. Mist Hunter and the Ghost. Okay, yeah, I came in right after that. So and yeah, the first nine, that came out before March because we Doug and I played it in the March Store Champ, um, mm-hmm. and then the Wave Nine didn't come out until September. Because I remember yeah, the uh, the I Mist Hunter, know. yeah, the Mist Hunter, which debuted Tractor Beams, was that wave, wasn't it? Because yeah, I remember the, that, seeing that as the first. It's arguably the beginning of the end for first edition. I don't even there know if it's arguable, of... to be honest. Well, the argument you can make is Wave 7 was the beginning of the end. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fair, too. It's a strong but, uh, point. But just think of the ships that were released in Wave 8 and how much of an impact they had on metas. Like, the Ghost was a terror until the end. The Jumpmaster required four nerfs. If not more. Uh, the Tap, like, the, Inquis- the Grand Inquisitor was a, f- a force to be reckoned with the entire time. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, that, his ability the, in first edition was OP as shall. Like, yeah, his, his, his ability was remember. great. The the title was great for the uh, the title advanced prototype. Busted. I don't even yeah. think I go short of busted. Uh, can you imagine target lock an ability that was just he perform a target lock action, gain an evade token? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'll pay forty <laughs> points for that in two point Especially if you had force as well. Yeah, like force, but his ability didn't cost force and was yeah. that neutral. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, like hot dog. Wave eight, man. Yeah. And then wave, Dishes. and then wave ten happened, and Nim came out. <laughs> oh, Nim, back in the day. But another thing I was kind of looking back at, since we've got a extended tournament coming up, were some of the ships that were major boogeymen in extended in the past. That due to nerfs, and uh, you've talked about it a lot, Doug, uh, nerf aversion that don't see play a lot. Uh, I was going back and looking at some of the early tournaments like Last Adepticon that we all went to, where a good 10 plus percent of the field was Phantoms. And yet they got hit with the nerf bat three, four changes in a row, and we never see Phantoms anymore, really. I mean, Whisper still shows up quite a bit. Echo was still relatively popular in the last extended meta. But the, oh, you're not seeing multiples in the list anymore. Yeah, yeah the generics have fallen, fallen off for sure. You know, and, uh, you know, the things like Veteran Turret Gunner, that was, for a short time, the bane of the game, got priced out of usability. I still uh, stand by that was overblown. <laughs> I agree. Like, I, I lost to it a lot, so I'm going to be biased. That, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> that I respect. I, I'm not saying just you overreacted. The whole community overreacted as a whole, in my opinion. I think you, because you had two lists. You had the uh, the the Ion Turret Y Wings, and then you had uh, Drea and the VTG Lock Revenants that could just dish out. Yeah, the Drea Locks was a better list, in my opinion. It was it was on my short list for Adepticon. Yeah, mm-hmm. it had some some significant chesting power. I, I definitely think the uh, the five Y Wings with VTG Ion Cannon was a little overrated, but. Uh... But it doesn't matter. It's gone now. They they overnerfed the crap out of that card. So no sometimes we don't want a about. card in the game. <laughs> yeah, they look and say that was a mistake. Uh, which reminds me, let me go back and take a look. Adepticon, because I was looking at that and remembering that. Uh, yeah, that that was a tournament where all of us just absolutely uh, crapped the bed in the main. But, yeah. Uh, I was trying to remember what everybody ran. I was I was trying to go through and see how many of the lists that people ran at Adepticon were still viable. 
And uh, Alex, do you remember what you flew at Adepticon back like in the main tournament? Back in 2019. Yep. Yeah, it was Boba Fan L3. Yeah, then that was back when uh, Boba could take crew like Kira, which man, that's another card that uh, came and went real fast. Yeah, I mean, other better stuff got released. That's just yeah. the big thing. The big thing with Kira is Trick Shot is really what enabled it, and then they nerfed them. They nerfed the crap out of Trick Shot. Quadrupled the cost of Trick Shot. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, Doug, what did you fly at Adepticon, that big system open there? I think it was Supernatural Kylo, but I don't remember. Yep, you had a two-ship list of Supernatural Prime Thrusters Kylo and Tabson. With uh, Snoke, Phasma, and Biohexacrypt codes. Yeah, I ran that quite a bit at the beginning of second edition. Man, remember two ship lists? <laughs> that word fire sprays? Don't worry, they're going to be back. Indeed. And, uh, see, you can't say don't worry and then they're going to be back because that is the worry. Don't <laughs> worry. Guys, about a thing. Book it here. I'm saying Defender Vader is going to be oppressive as hell. That's my official. Yeah, I don't know that he'll be oppressive, but he's yeah. definitely going to be a metaphorce, in my opinion. <laughs> I do think he well. So I do think he's oppressive in the sense that uh, if we go back to the Jedi meta of uh, what almost two years ago now, year and a half ago, like Defender Vader destroys that meta because it was a three ship meta. Like three ship was by a, was by far the most common ship count, and Vader just feasts on stuff like that because he's impossible to kill at that point, and he has full offense. Very true. Very true. And you know. You mentioned that you, I mean, supernatural Kylo, supernatural reflexes hasn't been a thing since it got also bumped up in cost. Thank God. <laughs> but uh, I was looking at the list that I ran, which was uh, Soontir, Whisper, and Redline. And that list, I think, has actually come down in point somehow <laughs> because Soontir got so many uh, breaks in things there. Uh, in fact, I believe I can almost... No, no there's, there's up. no way. Sintiers stayed about the same price, and Whisper Red, and Redline have both gone up. Yeah, Redline shot up. It might be cheaper than... Uh, I, can't, I can't run it with advanced sensors, Redline, That's anymore. That's what it was. Actually, I can, I can, but I no longer have a bid. I have to drop Predator for that. So, I mean, yeah, the, the squad of Rumor is... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, was I don't a, know. That was the squad of Legend, that wasn't squad it? squad of Legend, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I was no Legend. I was merely a... <laughs> An overheard exaggeration at some point. But uh soon tier is the ace of legend. Yeah, soon tier is indeed the ace of legend. But you know, that ship, hey, if uh if you're looking at things to go back to basics for with extended, uh soon tier whisper redline, not a bad place to start. You're just not gonna be able to get as much of a bid as you used to. Ships and not advanced sensors redline, whisper and soon tier. That's my official stance. I don't like your stance. I just mean together. You can bring any one of them. That's fine. I just don't want to play against the squad of legend <laughs> right as I'm getting back into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will this go into. Outrageous. I'm bringing Bosk, but nobody else is allowed to bring real ships. <laughs> I will go into the library and change out my extended list for this week. Uh, then. Just, crap, I don't care what you bring. No, I'm kidding. Like, I can't even find. Uh, I, I've got two, two Punishers and one of them is broken. So I haven't put a Punisher on the table since Adepticon. I want to. I should. The Punishers are the shit that got me into playing X-Wing, so. Can't imagine why. You're because like, they look wow, awesome. Look at that ugly TIE Bomber. And you're like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> like, Bomb, Bomber, Bomb-Est. I already got two. <laughs> it's like, you know, you let Rob Liefeld design a TIE Bomber. You know, what if I had four more Bombays? It's just 
I love the Punisher so much because it's the most, it's the EU ridiculousness that you could actually put in the mainstream Star Wars and not seem totally out of place. Like, if we saw a TIE Punisher in Rebels or the movies, we'd be like, oh, cool, that's like a really, you know, neat what ship. What I would say is, quote, wow, look at that ugly TIE Bomber, end quote. The TIE Bomber is aesthetically one of the most beautiful ships in Star Wars canon. This is an inarguable point, and the TIE Punisher is just more of that. Like, I... Okay, I I, I accept your argument as argued. <laughs> <laughs> I accept that you have argued this point. Um, but yeah, it's like ties in general. The aesthetic is amazing. And Star Trek. Like, Fire is a really cool aesthetic, but they just suck so much. You know, there's a lot of other expanded universe stuff that hasn't made it into X-Wing or Armada for a darn good reason. Because somebody had said this on uh, Gold Squadron, and thank God they were correct. Can you imagine if X-Wing had come out maybe five years earlier when the Yuuzhan Vong were, like, the big thing in the Expanded Universe? Be tight. Living ships, coral and stuff. Like not Oh, see, I, see that, I, that was where the EU lost me. I, I really enjoyed that book series. It's not amazing or anything, but there's a lot of cool stuff that does happen in that series of 25 books. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I would pay a lot of money to get the Chiss Clawcraft in X-Wing. And maybe with all the new Thrawn stuff that's been happening, maybe we'll get to see the Chiss Clawcraft. You and every other nerd on Reddit. just They're so ne- cool, man. Imagine a tie interceptor, but curvy. Next thing you know, you're going to be spamming the subreddit with really stupid custom card posts. I mean, mine would be stupid. I'll grant you. I'm not really good at cards. <laughs> but that'll be fair. The Commissioner Gorn card I suggested this morning was top-notch. Yes, we, we've actually been discussing uh, doing Santashi Station alt art cards, and Commissioner Gorin is currently in the lead. So uh, maybe uh, keep a, keep an eye out on our socials for some news on that. But we've had a bit of a digression here. We've talked about the U-Wings. We've talked about Jeremy's List. We've talked about what to expect coming back after a long break. Uh, with that, do we have any shout-outs this week? Greg. First My father, Bob Howe. We're going to get to shout-out Bob Howe in person this week, and absolutely, yes. Shout-out to Greg and the family. And, uh, we wish you, know, you were here, Greg, because we value your time, like your input, but family is first. Oh, so, no kidding. Yeah, especially when you've got such an adorable baby. Tell me, have you guys seen the picture of the baby in the Grogu hat? Yes. I did not quite, get to see that. Quite delightful oh it's absolutely the most yeah it's on uh his wife's facebook but it's the most adorable thing ever uh babies and hats are just amazing (laughs) if you have cute pictures of babies and hats that are star wars themed post them to our socials and we will rate your babies i don't want to do that (laughs) (laughs) that's an acceptable response for the record uh but again, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for everybody who's been keeping this game alive while we've been under hiatus. Keep sending in those questions and comments. Unless your question is, hey, who knew Selfless was good? Uh, we did in like yeah, our first episode. Yeah. Like word for word, Selfless is good. <laughs> yeah, that's never been a question, guys. Uh, but uh, If we have an official Tashi Station Radio stance on anything, it's, ta- it's that Selfless is good. Damage passing, man. Do it or don't, but you should do it. <laughs> do it or don't the wisdom of alex smith hey man I, marlo stanfield taught me well <laughs> there you go until next time i'm matt i'm doug i'm alex and uh greg we miss you man greg greg
Greg, 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 Greg. Well, this is a vintage episode of us just rambling and then and then chanting Greg's we name. We don't have Greg to keep us in check this week. This is what happens when you leave us unsupervised, Greg. We need it's an adult. Beware. Wait, Greg's the youngest. How is he our adult? Um, have you seen his mustache? Oh, True. good point. True. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Toshi Station Radio. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and subscribe. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Music, Spotify, and Amazon Podcasts. Follow us on our social media on Facebook at Toshi Station Radio, an X-Wing podcast. On Twitter at Toshi Station XW. On Twitch at Toshi Station X-Wing. And on YouTube at Toshi Station X-Wing. If you want to help us offset our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash ToshiStationXWing and toss us a few credits to help keep the huts off our back. Stay safe, fly well, and we'll see you next episode.